What's shaking? Hey, I'm Rick Jordan. Today, we're going all in. I don't have a bio for you in front of me. I have a lot of notes about you. Uh, I've I've looked you up, of course, myself, but my team put some great stuff together. Uh, so, a four-time yes, TEDx speaker, life coach. Up, Rick Jordan. Yeah. No, uh, God, not life coach. God, no, that's like 20 years old. That let's bio. Kill that. Thank you, okay. but no. No life coach. Um, no, I, <laughs> I was like, oh, now. Oh, yeah, somebody, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, somebody, yeah, helped me create that years ago. They were like, you should, that'll help you get into media. That's no. funny. Um, I help people get uh, mission-driven experts gain an audience of millions through major media. Nice. Okay. So that they can change the world. Now, I got into that because I'd gotten my own message out to the world. Yeah, yeah. I was kidnapped as a teenager and overcame, found a way to help people overcome adversity and was like, I want to share this with the world. And it took me a decade and I thought, aha, I got to help. There's other people out there. I was a network TV writer at the time. So I was connected in major media and thought That's cool. it's impossible. Yeah. People don't stand a chance without somebody on the inside showing them the ropes. Oh, you got that right. So, Are we recording everyone? Are we Good. Then we're, we started. There we go. I sure. <laughs> this is how this rolls. Let's go back to the beginning there. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, th this is great. You know, for real. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll start at the right time, but everybody's listening. This is how things are amazing when really amazing guests come on, like Cheryl. Uh, it's like we were just Rick talking. Jordan, thank you. For real. It's, it's like pr here, Cheryl's a pro. We already get that, right? We, we've already got this going. So we've determined that she's not a life coach. <laughs> like, how about a death coach? That's funny. But it's, it's it, hysterical. Yeah. So here's, here's what I have on you, right? But I love how you're describing yourself already, right? Uh, Four-time TED Talk speaker, right? Which is amazing. That, that's incredible. You were talking about your story. You were also... We have your, your, your one-liner, which is so well-crafted. It's amazing, you know, that helping people send their message. I'm going to paraphrase. I'm going to screw it up. I'm really going to screw it up. But the parts that I grabbed out of it is like, the, especially at the end, like getting your message out there through major media. It's using major media as a tool to help get your message yep. to millions. You know, yep. and it's, uh, it's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And Thank you. We'll talk a lot about that today because I, okay, I do a lot of major media too. I don't know if you Googled me. I, yeah, I good. sure do. I know. Awesome. I was like, first of all, how in the hell did you get on the CW? But still, <laughs> I was like the Bloombergs and the Newsmaxes and Fox. And I'm like, yeah. ass kicker. It, Thank you. I, when I wrote network TV, I thought, God, and I'll say this later, but media has such a power to impact our collective narrative and yeah, what if we used it for good yeah so that became my whole mission i enjoy that that's one of the biggest parts i love about doing major media is and i can tell the same with you because i saw some of your clips and you are not the typical guest it's very similar to me it's like they're expecting i love it in my industry like with tech you know because i'll do political talks and all of that too but in my industry this is exactly how i show up on on the Bloomberg's and the Fox and everything, oh, it's just oh, in my black oh, T-shirt. Oh. You know, and they they love the interaction, but at the same time, I'm not the guy, the 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 tech with the cybersecurity company that comes on with the big old freaking muff headphones and you know, <laughs> on the remote, and the 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 gaming microphone. It, you're the same way. You're very authentic. You are you when you show up on media. Uh, that had to have I'm, taken I'm, some time. I'm a cowgirl right. from Colorado. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, 
the hell I grew up, you know, I grew up <laughs> mucking out stalls. My dad was like, if you get, you know, he would, he would just always say, if you get your head on crooked, nothing will straighten it out. Like standing out in a pile of horse. I don't know what words Stuff. I can say on here or not, but you know, <laughs> you can say anything. <laughs> my last show, I dropped an F bomb. It was unexpected, but it just, it just happens. And there it goes. It was relevant. Okay. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was just one of them right on one. It was very powerful focus <laughs> strategically yes. placed yeah, right on <laughs> <laughs> nothing oh. brings it across the goal line quite like that yep i'm sure everyone asks you this you know you went on major media obviously right and you used your message your very unique message about being abducted when you were 18 and was that the catalyst because that we don't have to dive into that i know you're open to talking oh, no, about that we can dive into that i i think it without the frame of that it's like well you just wanted to be on TV. That's a good point. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, why? Yeah. It's shifted so, over the years though. Of course your message has, because now you go on because you have a message to get out. Of course that, that, that was your original message, but now you're helping others do the same thing. Right? Right. I realized, man, we could, we could change the entire world by yeah. getting people who've got something to say and want to help people an audience of millions. Yeah. I love that. I love that. There was one time I was on Newsmax. It was, uh, I think it was two years ago. They were talking about the, the Instagram algorithm, you know, and you know, cause it, there's points to where you get to in media to where it's, it's exactly what you're saying. You're going to get your message across. Have you noticed that they bring you on for a certain reason and then, but you go on and it's like, you, you just can't, be that that masked person who they want you to be mm -hmm. uh, and that had to have taken some time too i mean I, it was fun because i went head to head with bob sellers on newsmax while he was trying to get me to speak against big tech over the whole instagram algorithm uh female body shaming thing yeah you know and it, like three times i danced around his question because it was a very political charge politically charged question yeah and then last time i was like all right bob i laughed i literally laughed at <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he's like, you know, like, if you want to go there, we'll go there. And I'm like, what about responsible parenting, Bob? Can we talk about that? Can we talk about building your kids' self-esteem and self-worth, their, their whole image of themselves first so that this doesn't affect them? I don't think big right. tech hurts, you know, has a hand in that. Yeah, yes. it, was, it, was, it was fun for me because I actually got to be my authentic self in front of what you're talking is like literally millions. You know, the, the ratings on that was like 3.7 million viewers on that, mm -hmm. on that segment. And I was like, man. This literally can change the world, like you're talking yes, about. Yes, and that authenticity that you're talking about, nothing creates authentic connection. Like when we speak from our authentic core, you know, heart to yeah. heart, people are moved by that. It's a, a visceral, a vis visceral visceral palpable response that we have to something like that true yeah. authenticity amongst the sea of surface level inauthentic platitudes that that are out there for somebody who's truly being authentic like you with that like going all right we'll go there mm -hmm. it was fun to dance That's, around at first mm -hmm. uh, for you you I'm going to dive deep because do you remember the first time you told your story, like the very first appearance that you had, you know, can you walk me through like literally how you were feeling in those moments? 
because you can get practiced at it. You know, you figure like your 10th, your 100th, right? It comes out more fluent and you feel it every time, but it had to have been a unique experience at very first time you told it. It was a unique experience the first time I told it. And what was kind of interesting was I, I told it, it, I was on a film set and telling it privately, kind of putting out of my mind that I was saying this to what would be ultimately mm. a large group of people. So what happened was after I was kidnapped, one of the ways that I survived, I was a teenager and we don't have the, I don't know, the acumen, the savvy yeah. at that age to really deal with oftentimes that with which we're faced. And so for me, the best way I could come up to deal with it was just pretend it didn't happen. Hmm. And that only gets you so far. You know? yeah. I would say to my mom, I'm really depressed. And she's, and yet I didn't tell her what happened. And she goes, do you mean bored? And I'm like, no, 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 not bored, like bona fide depressed. And so she said, well, there's an old adage, go help someone who's got it worse than you. And so I started volunteering at yeah. elder care facilities because I thought, I'm young, screwed in the head and have no future. Who's worse than me? Oh, old, screwed in the head and have no future because no one wants to listen to them. And I thought, aha. And I went to these elder there care facilities. There is some facilities. humor there. I'm not taking it away from yeah. yourself, but it's... It, it, what was that humor can be used as that kind of if you don't mind i'll stop you the ways through partially through and we'll keep going afterwards yes yeah. but i catch things you know as you're saying it's like that humor is a way to try to mask those things and disassociate well and and i i find it yes you can disassociate with it but also there's something so therapeutic in being able to provide for yourself the objectivity mm. that laughter and humor provides. Yeah. And this was one of the things I learned at these old age homes. I would sit there and just listen to these people. And before long, something started to click. I thought, well, I could go read books like Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, which is brilliant, or I could learn it myself. And at that age, I wanted to learn it myself from these people. And some of them had gone through something like the Holocaust, literally. Yeah, yeah. And one was understandably hardened for life and another went on to live a happy, productive, fruitful life. And war vets and people who'd been through the unthinkable. I thought I'm not the first person to go through adversity. What do these people know? And I started to break it down and codify what worked and what didn't. And mm. I came up with a way to overcome adversity. And I started helping people use this framework for themselves, survivors, mostly other survivors yeah. of sexual assault, trafficking, et cetera. And it worked. Now, by this point, my day job was writing network TV. And I thought, God, we have our hands on something through major media there. We create these water cooler moments where People around the nation, around the world are talking about the same thing. What if they were talking about something that was for good, like how to overcome adversity, for example? And I set about trying to share this framework that I created through major media. Now, the first time, you know, I had waited all these years to share and I thought, I'm, I'm no longer a teenager 
holding my voice in, biting my tongue doesn't serve anybody anymore. It doesn't serve me. I'm no longer a child who was afraid of being tracked down and killed. I'm just going to speak. And I, I had all the reasons why I never had. Everyone will know how filthy and ruined and dirty I am. I thought what these men did to me defiled me forever. Yeah. But again, that was the thinking of a teenager. I worried that one of the things that people would say was, why did you not stay until these men were put in jail mm. instead of running for your life? And I thought, you know what? That was the best I could do then was survive. I will deal with those things if they come up. I thought, what if somebody tries to implicate me or say it was my fault? And, and that has happened in media interviews. People have asked me those kinds of questions. Yeah. And I'm, again, no longer a teenager. And I thought, ultimately, I can be the voice for those people who were like I was back when I was a teenager and felt too weak too ruined to stand up for myself. And I can give a voice to this, not only the experience that I shared with so many, but rather what's possible on the other side. And I decided no matter how uncomfortable it was, it was my sacred duty to share as loudly and as far and wide as I possibly could. That's beautiful. As I'm listening to you, I start thinking about all these opinions that others would have. It's like, why didn't you stick around, you know, to see yeah. him put in the jail? And it's like, it's usually, usually opinions and judgments, you know, more often than not are based upon all the wrong things, right? It's, it's, it's ignorance. It's lack of facts. Yeah. They're just basing it on things that they don't understand that they don't know. And that, that's typically where it comes from. So I could see that perspective. It's like, if I just was a, objective, Oh, I shouldn't say objective, more like subjective, right? And just took it from my own experiences, my own life. I'd be like, yeah, what the hell? Why don't you stick around and like stick it to them, you know? But it, yeah. that, that, that's a processing moment, you know? And it led me to some more question. I, I don't know. I didn't watch all of your interviews around this, you know, but surely because of what happened, you know, there, there had to be some processing, some, uh, some uh, healing. Obviously, it's trauma, you know, and it's not something that you can forget obviously but you've chosen it to empower you which is so freaking commendable and then at the same time you know i start to think it's like how did that affect at the time you know did it delay your desire to be in any kind of relationship did it affect relationships early on you know good during that that healing process that was going on because everybody just unless you go through it i've never been through something like that one it's it's very different clearly between a man and a woman, unless it's like a child abuse scenario, I would think, but even that's an ignorant statement from my perspective, just because I've never been through it. You know, so I'm curious, what was the transition period between, you know, going through what you did to where you're like, I'm going to get my message out there. What was that healing like? Well, I'm blessed to have been raised by a mother who was a seeker. She was always on a spiritual path. And one of the spiritual type adages that she would share with me was that old adage, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And at first I was like, 
well, <laughs> I don't want this pile of crap that I went through to be my teacher. I'd like yeah. to choose a teacher, ideally one that looks something like Yoda. But I was like, and yet I can't deny here is this thing that occurred. And what if the teacher is just what life hands us now? Which sometimes it is. One, right yeah yeah I, I really think so as well yeah it's like you know the relationship answer and it's like work. it's right there no. <laughs> right in front of you. the most vexing things from which we are 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 suffering yeah and th that's the teacher right and i thought well what if i i just say yes to whatever's here on my path and so if somebody recommended a book i thought all right well that's my journey right now that's my teacher or if someone recommended a personal development program i'll do that and i started taking some personal development programs and i you know i, I didn't know exactly what they were going to do but i knew i was hurting i knew yeah. i needed help i knew i had I, I had to go i was at the proverbial fork in the road mm. i couldn't continue to suffer there was just no way and it was helpful being with the old people, but it wasn't everything. And I, I wanted something else. So I started taking personal development programs. I had taken everything they offered and said, well, what else do you got? I feel so much better when I'm here. And they said, well, you can train to lead them. And I go, ah, oh, that's not what I want to do with my life per se. And they said, well, at least you would be at a sort of the author of or at the source of the education if you did that. So I got trained to be a leader of these programs because I thought it would make me feel better. And it did, but it was massively therapeutic. Some of the distinctions yeah. were things like radical ownership. And while it would never, I would never say something like, or, and they would never say something like, you're to blame for being kidnapped when you were a teenager. It was, I wanted, some of the things that I could own is, well, where did I go with that? Like mm. how I'd said I made up yep. that I was damaged and ruined and forever scarred. And I started to own those things. And each time I, I found that I got a surge of power and I wanted to continue to give it away to other people. And that's when I decided to start sharing my voice. I, I you know, I had codified that framework that I, I found was very therapeutic in overcoming the adversity, the things that I had gotten while volunteering at these old age homes. But the final piece of all of it that was unbeknownst to me at the time was the piece about sharing my own journey. I had kept it inside for more than a decade. And I realized that sharing that which I had experienced was the final piece that would allow me to truly heal. Now, for some people, that's like, you know, a trusted friend or loved one or sure, yeah. maybe a, a, like a support group or something. You're right. Shouting there it out to millions is not everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you talk about the impact of trauma. Yeah, right on. Right? And it, there is something therapeutic about being able to own it and speak it, give it a name. And, and I don't mean yeah. trauma sharing, but authentically sharing the insights, the lessons, the, the other side yeah, for to sure. shine a light on the path. Or it's and like for the those Brooklyn people, Zoo, right? 
Yeah. Is, uh, sorry. Say <laughs> that again. <laughs> or it's like the Brooklyn Zoo. You said give it a name, but it, it uh, is. I mean, even though this is humorous, you, it's it's bang on. The Brooklyn Zoo, I guess, for Valentine's Day this year, is allowing you to buy a cockroach for fifteen dollars and name it, and watch it be eaten. But you name it after your ex. <laughs> no. <laughs> February 14th. Yeah. It's hilarious. That's <laughs> so funny. Yeah, That's like the, the Yeah, but it's I, it's what you're saying. I mean, it's a humor an extreme I mean, to me, very funny, right? In in my in my boyish ways, right? Very funny that you can name a cockroach after your ex and watch it be eaten. You know, that, that's great. But still, there, there is no joke. It's like, the, it's the, what you're saying. It's like even like the, the burning parties, you know, that, that I know that yep. women will have with their ex and put all their ex's stuff in something and light it on fire. But what you're talking about is powerful because it's acknowledgement. You know, do you like how I spun that back around? Like literally naming something, giving it a name is acknowledgement. It is yes. extremely therapeutic. And the one of the things that I found over the years was so common to those who had gone through adversity, trauma, or you know, specifically survivors of abuse, is that we will hide that. Yeah, and yeah. hiding it. I, I don't. This may sound dorky, but I'm going to name. I drop just talked about like, cockroaches. Okay, be as dorky as you want. Naming your ex <laughs> after one. <Yes. laughs> so okay, I'm going to name drop. Yeah. Dr. I mean, this Phil's is heavy stuff. At the same time, it's 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 real, and there's some humor we can pull out of that to make it relatable too. So be dorky. Yes. Go for it. Yeah. Doctor Phil said, "Okay, so I'm name dropping." Doctor yeah. Phil said, "Monsters live in the dark," and. He said that I, I was blessed to have him interview me. And I realized, yes, when we hide our experience, and again, it doesn't need to be shared with the world. That's not for everyone. But when we hide that which we've endured, it continues to have us by the throat, yeah. as it were, versus when we're able to share it, it we are liberated from the constraints of the past. And there are those for whom sharing their experience, their their mission, their passion with the world is the only way to go. Yeah. And once I had truly gotten my message out on a global scale, like hundreds of millions of people, I recognized, you know what? I love the work that I did to help people overcome trauma, but there's an entire industry dedicated to that. And I'm going to let the psychotherapists and psychiatrists, et cetera, handle that. There's nothing that exists to help those with a mission on their heart mm. become renowned for that mission, that, pass it, that, that passion, their brand, whatever that is. And I, I mean, I, I wrote network TV when I tried to get yeah. my message out to the world and it took me a decade. And I thought, there is not a hope or as my, my pop used to say back on the horse ranch in Colorado, there ain't a snowball's chance in hell. <laughs> I like how you I don't know why all that fast. It's <laughs> like ranchers, we all yeah. kind of talk like we've got a twang. I don't care if it is from Rye, Colorado. Um, yeah. but, how long you know, did it there take you to eliminate the twang? I'm just curious. <laughs> well, I, I was there last week and yeah. I'm go pop. I'd tell you, I don't know what in the hell is happening with this old horse doc right here. I need to doctor him up. And I was like, where, where in the hell did that, that come, come from? from? I, yeah, no I joke. 
<laughs> I only ask Where? because, I mean, when you do media and stuff, it's like a lot of people cannot tell I'm from Chicago because I worked very hard hearing my family talk that way, you know, like extended family. It's like, yeah, we're up from Chicago. You know, we're going to go around and we're going to get some hot dogs out of Portillo's, you know, and it's like nasally and everything. It's like, I, I, like, I will not sound like that when I'm on TV. There's no, there's no way. <laughs> I love it. I have an uncle from there. You Midwesterner, salt of the earth. Oh my gosh, that phrase. Yes, yes, you're you're right. Uh, I keep yes. So, so past the ranch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Back to the ranch, right? They, I realized these mission-driven people who weren't connected in major media didn't stand a snowball's chance in hell. Yeah. In getting out in front of the world, so I thought, well. What's that old saying? If not me, who? If not now, when? I yeah. gathered together a few of these TV producers and journalists that I had met over the years and getting my own message out and asked them to help me rally around others, business owners, established experts who've got a mission on their heart, a way that they want to change the world for the better so we could help them gain a voice. Yeah. And so that those people who do want to share their their story, their message, their passion with millions actually can. I look at it absolutely like my sacred duty now. And I tell you, every time one of these people gets out there and they're on the Today Show or Good Morning America or 60 Minutes or something like this, I tell you everything that I went through is 100% worth it. It's like it solidifies that every time i love what i do can you tell yeah. <laughs> don't make me cry please it's only, <laughs> been, it's only been a couple shows i try to keep my streak low but it, <laughs> it it's it's meaningful because when you're in those moments you know and I, I can tell you i felt one of the same things when i was in the white house you know when i was in the west wing and consulting on you know ai border security and it was literally for human trafficking you know and I'm, I'm sitting there i'm about to walk into the secretary of war room and it's like those moments like i gotta keep it together here because it's like it's real and i'm doing exactly what i was put on this earth for and th there's moments that i think that you know because it, it cheryl people look like us look at us and it's like wow they're they're, they're really doing it right it's like what, what can i do and in those moments it's like well you you do what you're supposed to you do what you were meant to do, you know, because it's you and I are, we empower people. Yes. In every possible way. And it's, I love what you're doing because you're, you're, you're able to be a model for so many that want to have a voice, especially women that want to have a voice that feel like they haven't been able to, but then you're out there and you're like, see, we actually can, we can, because I am. And it, it's so, so freaking inspiring, you know, because it, Everyone who thinks that, that they can't speak up because of whoever it is is going to say something or whoever it is is just going to smack them or, or, or whatever, which both of those happen in this world, right? And, and who cares? You know, even, even if you get smacked, even if somebody says something, you know, there's going to be those that are around. And I, I hear this all the time, you know, and maybe I'm on a little bit of a heartfelt rant because you pulled this out of me. You know, it, 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 it's, it's so crucial that those who have something to say, and even more so those who are meant to have something to say, actually get out there and speak it. 
Absolutely. I mean, if you look at the state of the world today, what couldn't we solve through the right people who've got true solutions and who solve big problems, having a voice, a platform, an audience and a reach of millions? It's just, it's staggering. Yeah. I've got this client named John Michael Lander, and he's a former platform diver, gold medalist, was Olympic bound as a boy and was trafficked, mm. groomed by his coaches, you know, all those scandals. And he stayed silent and he never shared his story. He tried originally, but people either blamed him or said he was at fault or didn't believe him. Yeah. And when he came to us, he said, do you know how many times I've tried to sell or give away these gold medals? Because they've represented nothing but pain for me. <laughs> because no one has ever believed me. Do you know, he's now been on everything from 60 Minutes to George Clooney's new documentary about Ohio, the Ohio State scandal. He last year addressed Congress, and he's been brought in now to law enforcement agencies around the nation and universities and all of these places where he is helping to educate those in power on what trafficking and grooming look like and to have this man now have such a platform and not just be believed but be sought after for his expertise is just it's just such a dream come true for sure there's a and, lot like i don't know what it was with it maybe he had to wait for the invitation or whatever but what you're doing is awesome because you're actually just showing it's like you don't even have to wait for that you know, you don't have to wait for the invitation. It's like, I'm just showing you. It's like, there's a microphone or a metaphorical microphone over there. Maybe it starts with just this small group that you're a part of, whatever it is, but there's other ways. And then, uh, geez, you're able to just show them, hey, here is the wide world. Here's the expansive world and all the microphones that are possible for you to be in front of to tell your story and to influence others. Right. And there's, you talked earlier about those dreams that are, deep within us, oftentimes yeah. late, you know, I remember as a girl, right. Yeah. We, we think we can't have them. And I, I remember as a girl, I, we were truly in the flyover zone here in the, the most remote part of Colorado where in any direction I'd look out and there'd be no signs of current day civilization. Yeah. It could have been a hundred years ago, 200 years ago, except for we had planes that flew overhead. And I would lie there among the cows and the cow patties and the me in the meadows and just look up and think, oh, if I stared hard enough at that plane, I might be the girl. I might like get sucked up in it and be the yeah. girl looking at the girl down on the ground in the cow patties. How could I get up in that plane other than just staring at it and imagining that? Well, I'd have to be going places. I'd have to be doing things for people and helping them somehow. And that was my big dream to help people. But I thought, you know, I know how to ride horses well, but I'm certainly not the best at it. What, what else could I possibly teach people? How else could I possibly serve them or help them? Yeah. And sure enough, if the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Life handed me the kidnapping. And I was like, well, this isn't what I want to talk about, but it's what's here. And I did learn to overcome it and help a lot of other people overcome it. Well, what the hell? Maybe that is what I'm supposed to share. Yeah. And in the gorgeous way this 
beautiful, benevolent universe works. I fulfilled the dream of that little girl lying among the cows in the meadow. I got to and get to help amazing people. Yeah. As just a cowgirl, like, what do I know? You know, I just went through the open door. I think we need to find some footage of you from that point in your life. It's a, a, you probably have it, but it, you know, as you're, uh, I know, cause it, what you're saying, it's like, you know, you're, yeah, you're just a cowgirl. I, I use the same thing. It's like, yeah, I was just a, a broke dude with two newborn twins when I, when I started into business, you know, like literally no dollars whatsoever. It, it's the relatability because when you say things like that, it's like absolutely true. So if you're listening, just envision that, right? Envision Cheryl just on the ranch, right? That, that's it. Like just there and I don't know, maybe we could give the cow a name. <laughs> Throw the cow name? <laughs> yeah, let's give the cow a name. You're, you're, there, with, you're there with Bill. Oh, I don't know God. why Bill comes to my mind, but Bill the cow. Okay, <laughs> Cheryl's there with with. with with everything that's there and just understanding that it's like the, and this is what, oh man, because yeah, you've, you've been with Dr. Phil, Dr. Oz, all these people, right? And th there's one thing, I, I, like even with Tony Robbins, I'll talk about him here and there because I, I love the dude and what he does because he impacts a lot of people too. There's one thing he says, like, like life is happening for you, not to you, you know? And I, I love that. And, and I get where he's going, you know, but then I see, I see and I talk and I meet with people like you and it's like that one thing, you, you said something a while back. It's like you didn't cause that, right? But what your responsibility and ownership was, was everything after that. You know, so in that moment, something did happen to you. Yeah, but that's not the lesson that even Tony's trying to say. It's like, you know, that actually, even though it happened to you, it still happened for you. Amen. Because now there's so many other people that you can impact, you know, and it sucks. Oh, man, I, I get it because, I mean, traumas that people go through. You know, the thing I relate back to all the time is my dad passing when I was 16, you know, and, and it's just there's stuff that I think everybody goes through. But the strongest people and the ones with the biggest message are the ones that go through the most adversity, just like you. And there's got to be something because there's so many people that, that don't talk about this stuff, that don't give it a name. They don't have that cockroach to name. <laughs> yeah. What can you tell them to, to be, hey, encourage them to be able to step up? You know, what, where's the starting point? You know, how, how did you get invited onto a film set for the first time? You know, does it, because I think you said it was a film set the very first time that you, that you told your story. How did that transpire? You know, because not everybody's a film set, but where do, where do you start to deliver that message? Well, gosh, I've, I've heard this quote my grandma used to just, love the Lord and everything, all, all roads led to back to him, right? And she'd say, well, if the Lord put it in your heart, he's given you a way to fulfill it. <laughs> and I would think, yeah, but how? <laughs> you know, right? Did he leave instructions totally. at all, Nana? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right on. <laughs> you know, it's and, like parenting. There's books. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid books. You know, I... <laughs> There's, I, I really do think that's the first place. And to, to, to recognize if you've got something on your heart that you want to give away, some way you want to serve or make a difference with people, there are, you have got within you what it takes to fulfill it. That's a commonality now, too, isn't it? 
with people who it have had is, those severe right? traumas. It's like all, it, it, it's almost a natural thing that I, I've found, like with you, with with me, with everybody I've spoken. It's like something really bad happens to you, and all you want to do is help other people. It's actually a healing mechanism for you. You have to do it. Precisely, and it's. I think there's really something about that thing about embracing what life has handed you because look mm. it could go two different ways right we know what life is like when we fight that which has happened it's a miserable existence mm. and i finally thought and i you know, i can't claim ownership of this i stand on the shoulders of giants i learned from these brilliant people at these elder care facilities and i learned that the moment we say yes to that which is on our path, yeah. it reveals its gifts to us. That are l th the gifts that are locked tightly inside of it before that moment. Mm -hmm. But the moment we say yes, it reveals those things to us. And then I think that actually links back to what my grandmother said about if you've got a dream, you've got within you what it takes to fulfill it. And I think it's yes within us, but the way that we partner with God, the universe, whatever you believe is, this thing happens, I say yes to it, and then whatever life hands me next reveals the next step. Yeah. Look, I'm not saying you have to, if you want to share a message with the world, you got to waste a dang decade like I did. There's ways now to do it. I mean, I could help with that. That's one of the things we do. But if you just keep going through that proverbial open door that reveals itself on your path, I think life provides for us what we need when we just say yes to what's there rather than fighting what's there. It's not always easy, right? I didn't have any idea how to survive. It, the thing that was kind of crazy to me, Rick, was I was physically held captive and then they let me go for God only knows what reason. Mm and then chased me later but that's another point but then there i was free and i'm like i should feel so happy this is what i fantasized about the whole time being free but why do i feel more captive now than ever i didn't know how to deal with that the last thing that i wanted to do was go yes i love you captivity of the mind mind fuckedness yeah but when i fought it I stayed captive. And when I finally asked, what do you have for me? What are you trying to teach me? Yes. Yes to whatever that is. Then it revealed the profundity of the gift that would have stayed locked forever as long as I stayed pissed off by it. Yeah. and vexed by it and victimized by it like that shouldn't have happened it should be a safer world or what have you whatever i was saying that's a that emotion as, as you get pissed off at it that is a natural isn't it just part of grief do you think that's what you were going through at that time it's definitely an uptick so to speak yeah. from victimhood right there's this brilliant author whose name i'm not recalling power versus force yeah. well, david yeah, da, da, yeah. Da, da, i can't think of his name <laughs> what uh, we're talking what we're talking about is progress 
right? Outside of victimhood, it is a step in the right direction. Yes, yeah. anger is a step yeah. up from victimhood yeah. and, and hopelessness, but it's it's not the stopping point. And for many of us, we can get stuck there in the anger and the sort of thoughts of retaliation, but it just doesn't doesn't yield any fruit ultimately it's yeah. a good step on the ladder yeah i'd rather i mean it's, it's uh, i chuckle a little bit and it's like i'd rather see somebody who's gone through something really really pissed off it's like oh good you're you're, re you're ready to make a move now you're ready to do yes. something about it that's all feel it be pissed off you know at least you're not sitting there in a corner anymore it's like i understand it's like but the whole world's out here for you and people want to hear that you're angry and when people want to hear that you're angry that means that there's actually a voice that you have because people want to listen to you yes i mean anger can be it's one of the things we talk to our clients about generally it's not a galvanizing force unless you are rallying against injustice yeah in yeah, which right case on. Anger is a galvanizing yep, force. Yep. Otherwise, you know, conversations about what's possible are more galvanizing. But mm -hmm. definitely when there's an injustice, yeah, it has sure. a purpose. Yeah, right on. Wow. This has been an amazing. <laughs> so, so that uh, we, we've gone through a lot of the a lot of the periods when you when you were healing uh, getting on major media, you know, we can leave everybody because it uh, I've gotten this like you, I remember the the last company that I acquired you know because they're like oh you're out on TV it's like how do you get on TV I want to be on TV I want to do this you know and it's cool because it was just somebody who was like maybe a structured cabling technician like pulling wires you know as, mm -hmm. as part of the company and he's like I, I want to do that I want to get him like awesome that's where it starts it's like exactly what you're talking about Cheryl it's like there's something that's there I don't know what his message is I have no idea but hearing that like how did you get started into that well, I was writing network TV and I, like I said, I could see the difference it made. And so I just thought, okay, I'm going to become one of those people. And I'm not yeah. kidding. When I say it took me a decade, I started trying to pitch and there are so many ways to do it wrong. I had no oh idea. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> I, I burned bridges early on by thinking I was doing the right thing by not trying, like I was trying, I went out to reach out to somebody at Good Morning America and I just didn't know any better. I got an introduction to a producer at Good Morning America. That was mistake number one. Until you've got talking points and sound bites yeah, and right you've on. already been on major media, yeah. you've got no business being introduced to a gatekeeper. Yep. But I didn't know that. And so I went full steam ahead and met her and turned her off instantly. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they have to see that you're a reliable guest, right? That you're going to show up like that. That's the previous experience. Yeah. I mean, there's some get that get thrown on Good Morning America first, but you're talking, you know, like the, <laughs> the like the Harlem Globetrotters, <laughs> whatever it is, you, you, or, or like right. the, the Boy Scouts of America, like the best troop in America. They'll they'll get a quick a quick segment on there, but not not something like we're it's talking. It's not for about. their expertise, yeah, per se, exactly. right? Right on, yeah. At, oh God, I burned more bridges. I think that's probably why it took so long. I would, well intended, reach out to gatekeepers and say something like, uh, "How would you like to use me?" Here's what I do yep. and talk just about me, the me, me, me show for a while. And they'd be like, block, spam. And yeah. I would never hear from them again. Yep. Uh, but 
you know, it was trial and error for a very long time. And there's a way to, there's a way to tie what you do to what's happening in the world in such a way that makes major media want to cover it. But then when you get there, you've got to deliver the segment in a way that not only discusses what's happening in major media in the current news cycles, but also serves their audience in a marked specific way. And I just didn't, I didn't get that part of the game. And so each time I would fail or not get invited on or burn a bridge unwittingly, I would write it down and vow to do it differently the following time. And it took so much trial and error. Yeah. It's possible for anyone to do that, but say it again. Did some actually give you feedback on your pitches? Oh, I can't. um, I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure maybe once it happened in there. Yeah. I I didn't think so. The way, the way I was hearing you was more so it's like, yeah, I, I would, vow to change it. I'm like, did they actually tell you? I've never experienced oh, that. Who are these producers? Yeah, that they, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not a thing. I yeah. just had to, I had to break it down and go, why is this failing? Mm. And I could see like, look and, and studied television and magazines yeah. and newspapers and radio. And what is working? I became such a student and realized, well, I was pitching a segment like X when they actually do segments like Y on that network. No wonder. So now I've been blacklisted there. Hmm. How can I do it differently moving forward? Because no, they don't tell you. No, not at all. That's good research to do ahead of time too. It's always timely hooks, local hooks and local even, it doesn't even necessarily mean around there specific geographical area but it's what you're talking about like local internally to their own network how do they do this usually what do they like what do they enjoy to cover you know just like the bob sellers example i gave you as a callback here to what we were talking about earlier it's like they wanted me to like be hardcore republican and go after <laughs> big tech and it's like the, you brought me on here but i'll be divisive and that surged the audience exactly what you were saying was right? a, 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 yeah i laughed at the guy <laughs> As they say in in TV, conflict is king, conflict is ratings. And and generally, the problem with that is what they'll do is throw these guest experts on the sword. Like like you're just saying, make you the one who is is the one that that the conflict is at your expense. Because generally, a new person has no idea how to spin out of that, how to both answer the question, serve the audience, and get invited back again yeah, you got while it. simultaneously edifying yourself. It's, n- yeah. it's not easy. It's mm-hmm. not easy. It is fun when you learn how to do it. It's a lot of fun when you learn how to do it. It's a rush, actually. It truly is, yeah. right? Yep. It's a privilege. It is. Absolutely. Cheryl, I appreciate you. I, I, there's so much more that we can dive into on your story, but I think anybody who has a message needs to contact you. Uh, where's the best place to get in touch with you? CherylHunter.com is my website. We've got everything listed there. It's a great site. I love it. I was on it earlier. Check out it for real. If you're if you if you have a message or uh, this is what I'm going to tell you to do, go to Cheryl's website. 
if you have a message or you've ever thought it's like, oh, it'd be fun to be on TV, that's great. There's a lot of work and effort that goes into it to get to the point to where you'll be that reliable guest. Uh, take a look at Cheryl's appearances on our media page. You know, a lot, a lot of the what's there, it, it's brilliant. You know, it's, it's awesome. I'm watching you, Cheryl, and I see you and I'm like, oh, I could do that too. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you. You know, at, at, yes, I mean, my media appearances are, are great. Thank you. And I, what I'm most proud of is our clients and what they're able to do. Yeah. Several of them have things like new inventions. I've got a client, Dr. Michael Hutchinson. He's a dentist and he invented a mouth guard to stop concussions because he wanted oh. his own son, who was playing contact sports, to be safe. And now he's meeting with big generals of the U.S. Army to give them to all enlisted men and That's women. Cool. And it's like, wait, what? Yeah, Imagine yeah. preventing concussion in our armed forces. <laughs> and now he's doing it with big pro sports leagues. And I mean, this is a guy who people, when he first started talking about this mouth guard and he's like, oh, but it goes on the bottom. They're like, uh, have you not seen the NFL mouth guards go on the top guy? Don't you know anything? <laughs> and everyone's trying to prove him wrong. Yeah. And he's like, uh, no, this actually works. And he just, he couldn't get his message out there. And it's, it's so inspiring to see someone like that who, who's got a true solution for people being able to get the ear of the world. So it, it, yes, by all means, look, look at those people's videos. That's the real inspiring thing. <laughs> <laughs> what you do for them is also inspiring. Uh, I appreciate your, your humility, but it's a, uh, you are the person that was sent to their lives. You know, and th there's, n there's nothing wrong with taking ownership of that either, because that is taking ownership of your message. You know, I didn't mean this to turn into coaching, but absolutely, because it's a, I once had a, a Navy SEAL, a retired Navy SEAL, who was one of my coaches. Yeah, and one of the things he told me, because I, I held back on saying something, he's like, it sounds like you want to say something. Is it about yourself? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I don't want to sound arrogant. He's like, well, is it true? <laughs> and I said, well, yeah, it's true. And he goes, well, then it's just fact. And it's up to the people on the other end to receive it how they're going to receive it. It's not on you. So if you speaking nice. fact about something good about yourself, can help inspire other people and deliver the message so you can show up for them perfectly okay. So yes. it, it, he helped me get over this like false humility, this oppression from when I was a kid, like in just that one statement. So by all means, yes, you are the person who was sent to all of your client lives too, Cheryl. That's who Amen you are. Amen to that. Yep. Thank you. You bet. Thanks for coming on. This uh, I've enjoyed our, Joy. our conversation. Yep.